This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. The House of Representatives recently passed the Respect for Marriage Act, a bill intended to codify into law the rights of all couples, including same-sex couples, to marry. The move comes after the right to an abortion, sanctified only in Supreme Court judicial precedent, was overturned by a conservative-dominated court. As of now, same-sex marriage is also legal as the result of the 2015 Obergefell v. Hodges Supreme Court ruling. Surprisingly, 47 Republicans joined Democrats in voting for the House bill, which has led to optimism among LGBTQ rights advocates that the Respect for Marriage Act might even pass the gridlocked Senate. However, given Republican refusal to hand any political victory to Democrats, it's not a given that the Senate will pass the bill. One Republican representative, Glenn Thompson of Pennsylvania, voted against the House bill just three days before attending his gay son's wedding. My guest is Johnson Wu, executive director of GLAAD. He served on the legal teams for GLAAD's two lawsuits challenging the Federal Defense of Marriage Act. He's worked extensively on legislation and policy, leading GLAAD's coalition efforts to pass marriage equality in New Hampshire and Rhode Island. Welcome to the program, Jansen. Thank you so much for having me. So first, um, it seems so strange that we're thinking about the fact that same-sex marriage legality is even in question. Did everything change after the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade in the Dobbs decision? Well, certainly the Supreme Court's um, devastating decision in Dobbs impacted so many people, um, including LGBTQ people and women um, who experience unintended or unsustainable pregnancies. And we're feeling that impact and harm as we speak. Um, but with regards to the threats to marriage equality, I mean, our opponents have never given up. And, you know, they started the day after um, GLAD helped win, you know, with um, GLAD's attorney, Mary Bonata, arguing the Obergefell case. They were ready the day after that decision came out um, with all different types of attacks um, on the legitimacy of our marriages, particularly in the name of religious liberty. So, yes, in some ways, um, this is an unfortunate turn. Um, and it's also something we've been predicting for a while. And in fact, I understand that uh, Jim Obergefell, who was uh, the lead uh, plaintiff in the Obergefell um, case, is warning that marriage equality is under threat in the wake of the abortion ruling. Um, was there any language in the decision, the published decision by the Supreme Court that makes you more worried? It's a great question. I mean, anybody who read at least Justice Thomas's concurrence um, has to be worried. Justice Thomas explicitly invited litigation to overturn Obergefell and also Lawrence v. Texas, which is a 2003 decision that overturned the last anti-sodomy bans in our country. But if you look at the majority decision by Justice Alito, um, Alito goes to great lengths to try to reassure um, the public that this is only about abortion and nothing else. But if you follow the logic of his legal argument, it's hard to imagine where that cutoff lies. Um, essentially, Justice Alito wants to return 
um, our country's vision of constitutional liberties and freedoms and fundamental rights back to the 1868 when the 14th Amendment was first ratified. Um, and we know what that world looked like. It was a world where LGBTQ people did not exist, women could not vote, black people could not vote. Um, and so anybody who follows the reasoning of that majority decision should be extremely concerned about our future path. So tell me about the Respect for Marriage Act. Um, you know, it's just strange that we're thinking about this um, in 2022, but this was a, a you know, the, the, the attempt by Congress to codify abortion into federal law failed. So this seems to be the attempt to kind of see that as a warning sign and codify same-sex marriage into law. What does this particular bill that the House passed with support from 47 Republicans, what does it include? So the Respect for Marriage Act, um, actually it wouldn't codify Obergefell to the extent that it wouldn't force any state to have to license marriages to same-sex couples. And I think there's a little bit of confusion out there. What it would do, it, it would require federal recognition by the federal government, as well as interstate recognition. So let's just, Think about this, you know, um, play this out for a little bit. So, you know, let's imagine, you know, worst case scenario, the Supreme Court does in fact overturn Obergefell in the future, and a state like Alabama then passes a law newly banning same-sex marriages, marriages for same-sex couples. A couple in Alabama should still be able to leave Alabama and go to a different state such as Massachusetts, which is where Gladys based, to get married. And when they return to Alabama, the question is, will the federal government and will the state of Alabama recognize that marriage? And if the Respect for Marriage Act passes the Senate and is signed by President Biden, the answer would be yes. I see. What do you... Um hope will happen. Well, I know what you what you'll hope will happen in the Senate. But what do you think will happen in the Senate? I mentioned, you know, the, the, the House representative, um, Glenn Thompson of Pennsylvania. His son is gay. He went to his gay son's wedding. He celebrated openly the fact that he was happy for his son. And yet, three days before his son's wedding, he voted against this because he said it was a PR stunt, a messaging stunt by Democrats. Already Senator Steve Daines, who's a Republican senator, has announced that he will vote against this. Republicans have constituents who want same-sex marriage to be legal, but they may not care about that because politics? Sadly, I think you're right. Um, I think that, you know, where uh, the Republican base is, um, and especially in many of these districts, which are gerrymandered. So there's a conversation here as well about the health of our democracy um, is, um, is guiding these Republican elected officials uh, to make decisions that are entirely out of the mainstream at this point. So over 70% of Americans support marriage equality, and that includes 55% of Republicans. So the public is with us when it comes to, you know, uh, respecting and honoring um, any couple, loving and committing couple's decision to support each other through the institution of marriage. And yet we still see the Republican Party, due to all the factors I mentioned before, 
um, holding on to some hard lines. That said, 47 Repo House Republicans voted for um, the Respect for Marriage Act. Um, and I think even Republican leadership was surprised by that. Um, and so I think we're starting to see public opinion actually, um, you know, uh, informing some of those elected officials' positions. We are cautiously optimistic in the Senate, and we also know that we need 60 votes in order to overcome the filibuster. 55, there are already five Republican senators who have openly stated their support for the Respect for Marriage Act. And so we are five votes away from what could be historic legislation. There's been very few times in our history when Congress has actually passed a law that explicitly protects the LGBTQ community. And this, if it happens, would be historic. Wow. So five votes away. Um, I mean, it seems as though that should be doable. Also, uh, I imagine that the Democrats are able to count on their insurgent members, Kristen Sinema <laughs> and uh, Joe Manchin, who will usually be counted on to oppose economic relief bills or, or any any issues that uh, any legislation that creates a, an economic level playing field. Um, but uh, but on this issue, they seem to, as far as you know, be in line with their party. Uh, they have they are in um, they have stated their support for the Respect for Marriage Act. In particular, cinema is an openly bisexual um, woman. And so I would very much hope that she is in line with this legislation. Um, but, you know, let's be clear, five votes is still a big hurdle and mm. our opponents are calling furiously right now. And so this victory is absolutely achievable, but it's also ours to lose if our community does not mobilize right now. Um, we hear all we hear from the, our elected officials and leaders that our opponents regularly outcall us. 10 to 1, if not more. Um, and so it's really up to every single one of us to not only call our senators, but to ask everyone in our lives to call their senators. And that includes even if your senator is in support of marriage equality, they also need to hear kind of our support um, and appreciation for their leadership. I wonder where the sort of uh, MAGA Republicans stand on same-sex marriage. I mean, we know that, of course, they have taken uh, overt aim at the transgender community and used it as a wedge issue in their culture wars. Um, you know, and we also know that the anti-Trump Republicans like Representative Liz Cheney is now saying she was wrong to have opposed same-sex marriage in the past. She's urging her Republican colleagues in the Senate to, um, uh, to, to uh, vote for the Respect to the Marriage Act. So do you have any sense of where the, the Trump Republicans are on this specific issue? You know, we are, we know that there's been a very disturbing turn um, within the white nationalist and white supremacist um, section of the Republican Party um, in looking to the LGBTQ community as their newest target for attack. Um, we saw that particularly during Pride Month in June, where um, there were uh, at least a few unfortunate, but hope, thankfully not tragic incidences of white nationalist groups going to um, with to pride events with the intention of causing trouble and causing harm. Thankfully, those were thwarted. 
Um, but we know from you know really good reporting um, by journalists who follow white supremacist and white nationalist groups um, that LGBTQ issues um, are um, are squarely in their sights. So they cannot be counted upon to support the, 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 the Trump Republicans in the Senate cannot be counted upon to, to necessarily support the Respect for Marriage Act. Um, and then there's, as I mentioned in my introduction, just this reluctance to vote for anything in the affirmative when a Democrat is in the White House, because it's seen as a way to give that Democratic president a victory. We saw this in, in huge measure during the Obama administration, and now we see during the Biden administration as well, which is just um, kind of sad because people's lives are in the, in the middle, um, are at stake, their, their livelihood, their well-being, their, you know, and we're not even, it's not just marriages that are at stake, it's families at stake. They're children of same-sex couples that, are, uh, that can potentially be impacted. I mean, can we envision a United States where same-sex marriage is overturned by the Supreme Court? And if so, what would that look like? I imagine that, you know, if we aren't already seeing a fascist future here with the uh, abortion being illegal, that, that, that with same-sex marriage being overturned, it just seems like, too terrifying to contemplate. Um, certainly, um, the potential path forward is fraught, um, and we share within the, in the LGBTQ community and movement. Uh, we share um, the concerns uh, about attacks on our democracy, um, and you know, at least in the context of marriage, one of the things that distinguishes marriage from some other issues is that the federal government actually doesn't have full or plenary authority to legislate in this area. Um, eligibility on marriage has typically been reserved for the state, provided that those laws comply with equal protection, and that's how we won the Obergefell case. Um, but it's much less, much, much less likely that the federal government could pass you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, marriage equality ban. Um, from Congress, um, and whether that, and much less likely that that could pass constitutional muster, just because of the separation of powers that we have between the federal government and the states. You know, this is our system of federalism. But to go back to your earlier point, you know, um, absolutely, there is um, a lot of partisanship that impedes um, even progress and issues that even have bipartisan support in the public. As I mentioned earlier, over seventy percent, including fifty-five percent of Republicans support marriage equality, but time after time after time, and this is from my 16 years of being in the movement, I have seen people of good faith and fair minds change their mind and do the right thing. And it's always because they spoke to somebody, they spoke to a constituent, they spoke to a family member who was being harmed. And that's why, again, it's so important that our community you know, call their senators and tell the stories of how if a Burgerfell is overturned or if the federal government refuses to recognize their marriage, how their lives will be turned upside down, how their children, you know, will be harmed. These are the stories that we have to get out literally in the next 48 hours. I'll give just two stories to exemplify that point. We know that we are, are currently in an onslaught of anti-LGBTQ attacks in the country. Um, over 300 bills attacking LGBTQ issues, you know, from trans 
um, youth access to sports, to medically necessary health care for transgender youth. But in at least two occasions, Republican governors vetoed those bills. And each time they said it was because of a constituent conversation that changed their mind. And then the last story I'll just tell is Gladys currently litigating a lawsuit against a newly enacted law in Alabama that criminalizes medically necessary healthcare for transgender youth by penalties of up to 10 years in prison. We just secured a groundbreaking decision putting that law on hold from a Trump appointed conservative judge. Wow. And it's because we had our families on the stand, we had our experts on our stands, and we have the law on our side. And so I never, ever want to give up all the tools that we have to advance progress for our community. And I never want to count anyone out from coming to the right side of history. Right. I mean, you make such a good point. Plenty of conservatives, like Representative Glenn Thompson, have family members who are LGBTQ um, in that community. Um, and, you know, we all know someone who knows someone if we aren't ourselves identifying within that community. Um, it is definitely, and, and we saw how, how much a cultural shift there took place in a very short period of time. Um, you know, I was watching a TV show recently with my son, who's only 14, who was shocked at a storyline in a TV show that was only made about a decade ago that same-sex marriage wasn't legal. And he was like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, it's, it's a kind of a recent thing. We've had this huge mindset shift in the country, huge cultural shift in the country, which is why it seems so bizarre that we could see it being overturned. But again, we can't take anything for granted in this new political reality we live in. Uh, Jansen, give out a website for GLAAD where people can find out more information. Um, you can learn more about GLAAD from our website, glad.org. Uh, you can find us on Twitter or Facebook um, at our um, handle, at GLAADlaw. And the last thing I'll just say before we close is that we're also continue to fight for essential federal non-discrimination protections, right? In over mm -hmm. half the states, LGBTQ people are not explicitly protected from discrimination in jobs, employment, um, housing, public accommodations. And a victory in the Respect for Marriage Act with bipartisan support will only put us in a stronger position in the future for all different types of legislation and LGBTQ issues to move forward, including non-discrimination. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Johnson, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Good luck to you. Thank you so much. My guest has been Johnson Wu, Executive Director of GLAAD. We've been discussing the Respect for Marriage Act, which just passed the House. I'm Sonali Kohatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website, risingupwithsonali.com, by becoming a subscriber. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RU with Sonali.